Hi, my name is Sarah. My name is Mujib. And welcome to episode 18 of Let's Get To It. Yeah. This is our music edition. I love it. Yeah. I've been waiting for the music episode for uh, a while. We've now. been talking about it, I think, for 18 weeks, so it's finally here. <laughs> finally here for the holidays. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Give some people some uh, some new ideas, of some things to listen to with family, some discussions to have around music and such. Yeah, if, if there's one thing that I, I know to be true about Mujib and I is that we love music. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it's hugely important, I think, to who we are, what we do, mm-hmm. everything about our being. Um, so that's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, we're just going to we're gonna vibe on music today. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which leads me to my first question, oh. which is, what is the first song that you can remember hearing? Oh, my God. The first song that I can remember hearing... Um, is probably I'm going to think of songs that were I would have heard way too late in my own mm-hmm. youth mm-hmm. to be the first song mm-hmm. but um I don't know so I was talking to you about in my in my house you know we had a lot of different music playing mostly popular music but we'd have everything from Motown to ABBA to um, Phil Collins to you know 90s techno kind of we were all over the map at home um, so just like a fun music household it was just all about joy and if music was on we were dancing or, or whatever um, but one thing in particular when I was little um, that song Cecilia and it's what Simon and Garfunkel mm-hmm. Cecilia you're breaking my well, heart yeah, yeah. Um, so that song we decided to make a pretend music video, me and my cousins. And we got our recorders out and, and I've always been a performer. Um, and I just, I remember like making up a music video and fake performing, singing and lip syncing to that mm. song. Um, and I know I've heard songs before that, but that just kind of sticks out in my mind. It's totally. like a performative experience. Mm-hmm. And that song in particular just always made me um, yeah, it makes me think of my mom and my aunt, my cousins, family. Yeah, yeah. that's what I love about that that <laughs> type of question or that type of, like, lane of thinking yeah. is to try to think, like, what were some of those earliest musical memories that we have? And for the listener, like, I, I kind of asked that question for you all to listen to and, and ask yourselves as well is, like, can you take yourself back to those first introductions to music, especially if you're a music lover and, and somebody who who music plays a big part in your life yeah. you know i love that what was it for you um it was eddie money's take me home tonight it's the first <laughs> song that i ever remember hearing um and i was small it was like it's like one of my earliest memories of of listening to music and that song still to this day i can listen to it right now and i love that song still you yeah. know eddie money's take me home tonight yeah, with the yeah. live the live uh the sample of Ronnie and just like Ronnie said, yeah, a little bit. I love that. Oh my um, God, that has definitely made my '80s playlist for sure. Mm-hmm. As a, <laughs> in, a, in a rev class. Yeah, I mean, I I was I was born in '83, so for me, I think that there's all this '80s music that stands out because of those eras. Like, I really love Billy, Billy Idol. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. The more, more, more song is like still to this day if I hear it I'll turn it up loud yeah it's just like that rebel yell like I and and it's funny because listening to it now as an adult I relate so much to the song like I was listening to it the other day and I was just like damn like yeah like in the midnight hour like it's it's just a cool cool concept fires you up yeah totally well it's funny um so now okay now the juices are flowing the childhood juices are flowing 
um, the song We Built This City mm-hmm. is like just, a, I remember that growing up and then it's kind of been a mantra for me in business. Okay. Sort of, we built this city. we built this city and like I I don't know what it is I'll play it sometimes in a in a spin class purely for nostalgic reasons I mean not even like it's a you know like the best song ever or anything but again it's just that that emotional attachment to the music and what we identify with it but but just some of the lyrics like we built this city on rock and roll like Mm -hmm. to me to extrapolate that is to have this business, it's built on, not necessarily on rock and roll, but it's built on music. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I kind of like, you know, adopted that as kind of an anthem, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Like this is here because the music is central right, to right. what it is we're doing. I love that, so. I love that. And I, I love to think about like how many of those pivotal parts of our lives are built around those sorts of things. Like, you know, I, the the, like my my marriage wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for the song that played the mm-hmm. night that I met my wife, you know, mm-hmm. and like the 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 energy that we shared around dancing, you know, it was a yeah. question I I think I leaned over and I was like, you ever notice how nobody ever like actually is dancing with each other at mm-hmm. these parties? And she was like, yeah, I did notice that. And then yeah. I was like, well, let's, let's dance, you know, and like I find that there's so many life moments, or or like you said with family, like. I was listening to this playlist that I made and we were listening to it last night and so many songs that come on were those Sunday morning songs, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. those. And like when they come on, I'll text everybody. I'll text the group, my sister, my brother, my mother, my aunt. Do y'all remember this? And yeah. Oh my God, that was the pancake song. You know what I mean? Because it was all of us can go right back to that moment in like 1990 Mm -hmm. listening to some like Frankie Beverly and Maze and like Mm -hmm. just dancing all of us singing at the top of our lungs to that music and like sharing that emotion around Mm -hmm. it and that energy around it and Mm -hmm. I'll just those are some of the reasons why I love music so much is Mm -hmm. because for me I can tie so many parts of my upbringing of my shared moments with people that I love so much to the music that was playing in those times as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think of, you know, the independence of driving a car for the first time. Mm. And I remember feeling what I was most excited about when I got my first car was I put in a stereo system. Mm. And I put in that, like, six CD (laughs) changer, right? And I was like, how much bass? Like, what's the subwoofer status? And I had a Honda Civic, (laughs) y'all. Seafoam green, 1996 Civic. Um, And this is like in the year 2000 something. So, you know, Um, but I remember like, it was like a, a passageway into adulthood and into just some kind of freedom to have my own vehicle, which was literally just a traveling stereo system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that when I could get in the car, I could play my music. And certainly then like when I was in college, you know, my college was a five and a half, six hour drive away from my house. And that was like six hours of the music that I wanted to listen to. And so I think that's like really powerful. Like, what were your just like jams in the car, like back in the you know teens, oh my. I early mean, 20s? Teens. That's like a lot of the Def Jam, like everything hip hop that was coming out then. So you know, a lot of a lot of like DMX, Rough Riders. Yeah, when we, I was t- in we high talked school. about yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Yep. For sure. Um, 
like EPMD, you listen yeah. to a lot of Keith Murray. Um, and, you know, for me, actually, to think about, like, what I listened to the most driving around. I didn't have my license until I moved up to Vermont. So, um, cause I grew up in DC metro area. Yeah. Just I always had a Walkman and a bus or, but I had a friend who drove like a 1989 Cutlass Supreme, like gold car, two door little coupe thing or whatever. And um, Devin the dude was yeah. like, that was like our soundtrack for that period of high school. It was just like, he would scoop me up and it was, I don't know if you ever had a car like this, but like the tape would flip over when like you didn't mean it to, and then you'd have to slap the dashboard <laughs> and then it'd flip back over, yep. you know? So like that was, that was that car. And I just have these memories of driving around, listening to Devin and it was, you know, they are those pivotal moments. Mm-hmm. They're like, that's when we're going to drive to ocean city mm-hmm. and we're going to listen to this tape the whole time. Yeah. Listen to it for start to end and then start it right back over you know naturally the tape deck is going to flip it back over and start over again and like that that album that Devin the dude album was was the one you know? oh yeah. yeah it's just yeah it's so fun and I it's so funny because I haven't really thought about it mm. until right now just that how amazing that that time period was when you're just you're in the car and you're first driving and it's just like what is the soundtrack yeah like what is that and like how that makes you feel like when you put your jam on you know and I love how that comes with the stages of life too mm -hmm, you know mm because like my soundtrack now is different from what my soundtrack was 10 years ago to different to what my soundtrack was 10 years before that you know and like um it's just it's amazing to see those evolutions of of that you know yeah Yeah, but I was, so Mujib's a dad, but like, you, it's not like you're playing like dad music, you know, you're still, no, you're man. still cool. Zayd loves like St. John, like <laughs> exactly. if I want Zayd to chill out, like I'll put some St. John on, he starts clapping, yeah. you know, future, anything Quavo's on, he loves, you know. Yeah, so I, I love that, it's not, you know. You don't necessarily have the just the ABCs running. But you know, that's how I was raised though, like my father put me on NWA when I was like six. Yeah. six years old you know and he was like you drive around listening to straight out of compton you know and like and he also put me on to like dire straits mm. but at the same time like he was more prone to put on some some easy e yeah. than he was to just put on you know the radio he's yeah. always gonna put something vulgar on for us to listen to and you know it was interesting because i, I remember talking to him later in life and him asking me if i remembered that like do you remember mm-hmm. me playing this music for you and, you know, I was like, yeah, of course I do. Like, it shaped me as a person to and take that for whatever it is, like listening to a bunch of gangster rap when you're a kid, maybe however it's going to shape you or whatever. But, you know, his point was to instill in me a rebellious nature. Mm-hmm. Like, he wanted to instill in me, like, this country... Because, you know, my father's born in 1947. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if, if we desegregated the country in 68, he was 20 years old. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, if you can imagine, like, being a person who's coming of age in a country where you still can't even walk in the front door. And his father was a World War II vet, you know. So, mm-hmm. like you, so he wanted to instill in me, like, no matter what changes in the country like these are the foundations that it's built on and you know Rodney King was beat up in 1992 Mm -hmm. so it's like you have this this and and when when LA burnt Mm -hmm. with the riots we didn't we weren't confused as to why that was like we understood that 
there's police brutality. We understood that there's, you know, red lines that have been drawn so that the ghettos are ghettos mm-hmm. and, and the suburbs are the suburbs, you know, like, and I got that education from listening to that music. Mm-hmm. 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 So I definitely intend to give my kids that same education. And and it's, it's interesting because we were also talking just a moment ago about how this day and age like what's the difference in like what jay-z is saying now Mm -hmm. or even like dr dre like as a person Mm -hmm. what is he representing now versus what he was representing in 89 Mm -hmm. um and that's what i love the idea of putting my kids onto is that this new empowerment movement around self-actualization and Mm. ownership and Mm -hmm. how many how much they're talking about the very things that we talk about in these podcast episodes is what is being talked about in the music that I listen mm-hmm, to, you know, mm-hmm. envisioning, setting your goals, sticking to your guns, being all right with failing and getting back up, mm-hmm. all those different things, you know. Mm-hmm. And also, and that we talked about this a little bit in the pre-conversation, you know, the, the difference between being rich and being wealthy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really like, and stepping into that power. Right, right. And, and that's what's so powerful too about, you know, as some of our, you know, hip hop rap heroes that are in their fifties now, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, um, how lucky we are that they're still making music, still creating and how that sound has, you know, has evolved and changed with their trajectory and their personal trajectory. And I think we've mentioned this song before, but like black entrepreneur with Mm -hmm. Pharrell and and Jay-Z and, you know, and Jay-Z's talking about like, well, maybe you can't buy the building yet. But that's okay. Like, but you've got to envision yourself. You've got to start somewhere. You've got to start working somewhere. And like, and just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just awesome that there is that legacy being created. Right. Um, and even, I'm, I meant to mention this to you before when we were talking. But, Black is King. That mm-hmm. whole, mm-hmm. all of the music and and the visual representation, the videos right. to go with it, everything about that. I mean, I, I feel like that will go down as. It's a monumental totally. piece of, of totally. artwork, of artistry, of lyrics, ev- everything. And it's a pivotal moment in time right now, 2020. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And, and for that to come out now, it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're approaching the, the tricentennial of this country, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is a reckoning mm-hmm. that's happening now that is leading us to the remembering that has to happen in order for the the world to continue to go on like Mm -hmm. you know there is a lot of miseducation that came with colonization Mm -hmm. not just of brown and black people but of white people Mm -hmm. even strongly Mm -hmm. if not stronger you know because the the way that this country was kind of set up and designed was to keep a certain class of people subservient Mm -hmm. by miseducating them as to what was actually what they're actually coming from Mm -hmm. you know what i Mm -hmm. mean um and so a movement like the blackest king movement like that sort of that sort of black empowerment Mm -hmm. idea that's old news right you know and it it, it's in 2020 in america it's like new but it's old news that's why when when we look at african culture we see this this really elaborate history that says no there was always greatness here it wasn't it's not that like black people just learned how to be great it's that's our legacy right as a as a as a as an earth 
based people, yeah. you know? Um, and so now in these pivotal moments where people are getting up and saying that mm -hmm. um, is important. It's mm -hmm. important for people to hear it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of, you know, other music, I, I asked you this question in the, in the pre-conversation, but I love to, to see how people connect music with their physicality, mm -hmm. with training in particular. It's kind of my jam. And so kind of what, what's your pump up music or even your, maybe not, maybe it's not a pump up. Maybe it's just kind of your zone out, your Zen or, you know, when you train or sort of when you're in the zone, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. and how has that evolved? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely evolved a lot and I'll go kind of backwards with that. Mm -hmm. Like now everything is like heavy bass, heavy, you know, Atlanta based music, you know, like I need, I want to hear those clever lyrics. Mm -hmm. I want to hear that music that's going to make me want to dance. Um, I'm very turned up as a person, so I like to to turn up in, in what I listen to, um, especially when it comes to exercising. So mm -hmm. um, any sort of turn, like there's a turned up playlist on Spotify. You <laughs> know, listen yeah. to that yep. and you'll get an idea of what I listen to. But like today, you know, like starting off with like, um, there's a song called Moonwalking in Calabasas I like a lot right now. Mm. Um, but it's just, it's, it's, you know, just youth telling their story or whatever. Um, prior to that, it was a lot more like instrumental music, mm -hmm. you know. Um, there was a gap in between these two things where I listened to a lot of like Fela. Mm -hmm. Again, I, I think I mentioned like longer tracks, you know, 20 minute tracks, something that's going to have a big build up in it yeah. and a big crescendo in the middle. Um, before that, it was more like, you know, some just epic, instrumental kind of like orchestral music you know like do make say think and and those sorts of bands um what about you for yourself like when you do exercise oh. onto yourself you know i'm just i'm i'm so not monogamous when it comes to music and i have my but i have my favorites but um you know i'll, I'll just give people a few examples like what i what i love to do is is to link Right, the, the the beat of the music has as a direct relationship to the revolution on the on the on the bike, the revolution mm -hmm. of the pedal stroke. So, if you guys go back and listen to the first episode, <laughs> um, I talk about sort of you know how I got into this uh, indoor cycling thing. But there's a marriage between the physicality and the and the music that is just so I was gonna say so instrumental. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so for a, a music lover like myself, I if it has a beat. I can figure out how to get down to it and I can really get into it and I can teach to it, choreograph to it. So you might see me one day and I'm doing a Hans Zimmer ride, like one of my favorite composers. Mm. So you'll get music from Gladiator, Batman Returns, um, you know, that, that kind of stuff, mm. this sort of epic kind of like movie score kind of music. I'll, I'll ride to something like that. Or, you know, hip hop, I'm very partial to hip hop. Love doing hip hop rides. So, you know, and that's a certain tempo. So we might be hanging out around, you know, specifically high 90s or 100 BPMs. Mm. Um, and that's where we're at. Or if you're a lot of Drake and, and some of Jay-Z stuff or trap stuff is in the 140s, 140 BPMs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it kind of depends on how I'm feeling. If I'm going to do a Drake ride, we're sometimes all over the map, but it's kind of depending, you know, what style of Drake you listen to. Yes. Um, so it, again, I can't sort of divorce this connection. Um, I'm also, to know me is to know how obsessed I am with 90s music in general, whether it's <laughs> 90s hip hop or 90s dance music in particular, which I heavily credit my older brother to. So, you know, Mujib and I both being born in 83, um, my, my brother was born in 72. 
Um, so when he was coming home from college, you know, we were listening to Snap, we were listening to Black Box, we were listening to, um, you know, Crystal Waters, we were listening, you know, to this kind of music, and I'm, you know, I'm loving it, and I'm also, I looked up to my older brother, and I'm like, this is what my brother dances to, like, or this is, you know, he would tell me, like, you know, he went out to the clubs, and like, this is what he's dancing to, and I'm like, that just seems so cool, and I'm 10, (laughs) Um, you know, so, so yeah, so that I, I love. If you've if you've come to my <laughs> if if you if you've come to enough of my spin classes, there's definitely certain songs that I have overplayed to the degree <laughs> that I should retire them. Like I have played Hadaway's "What Is Love" probably five thousand times, <laughs> but there's just something about it when I get on the bike, um, you know. So zero to one hundred, like. The catch up, like there's certain songs for me that also tell a story, or I feel really connected to. But um, but the the I will say if there's a genre that I have a much harder time getting into, um, I've never really fully embraced country music. Hmm. I'll play some bluegrass and I'll play some folk and some other stuff, but um, kind of contemporary country or is not something I've ever super explored on the spin bike. Right, right. So, um, I do have some areas where the, I don't go on the, on the bike for sure. <laughs> yeah, just tune in on the radio at all. No, just, no, I have a hard time. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. stop sometimes because it's like, you know, it kind of goes into what we were talking about before we got into this. But um, where hip hop can be such an education to mm-hmm. people who aren't living that urban lifestyle, mm-hmm. um, I find that country music can also be a great education to people who aren't living that rural lifestyle. Yeah. Now I don't. Personally, I don't. I also don't listen to too much country music, but um, occasionally I am driving long distances in Vermont, and Vermont doesn't have a hip hop radio station that just plays hip hop all the time. Um, and I come from DC, where there are five hip hop radio stations. So even if you can think of one, it's not. It's really not. True. No, it's it not. I was true. like, no, no. I was like, no, we <laughs> don't. <laughs> if, it, if it plays Get Your Freak On more than once a yeah. day, then it's not really a hip hop radio station either. So if by chance you're a hip hop radio DJ in Vermont holler at me I can tell you what to play Um, (laughs) but you know basically like stopping on some of those country stations and just listening to some of the wild lyrics it's it's I was listening to a song the other day where one was talking about like smashing the guy's car up and you know he'll think twice the next time he tries to cheat on me like that sort of stuff and like um, it's funny because just the day before there was a female hip-hop artist rapping about the exact same thing yeah. you know what I mean so like you have this country artist who's rap- who's singing about like smashing her boyfriend's car for cheating on her and then there's this hip-hop song that's talking about the exact same thing so you have these these intersections of storytelling yeah know? well that you know well, what I what I love is you know music is storytelling if you if there's assuming there's lyrics mm-hmm. attached to it well even if there's yeah, not right. there's still a, a story being told when there aren't lyrics but it's still a human experience, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know? So whatever your favorite genre is, you know, whether you're into hair bands or whether, you know, you're into gangster rap or you're into, you know, trance or, you know, whatever, K-pop, there's, this is the human experience right. that's on display. And that I think is what I love as somebody who um, is, I guess, a globalist that mm-hmm. is a person that is a citizen of the world or that's how I see myself, you know, I. I just love music yeah. and the storytelling and 
Um, and and obviously also the sounds and the and the beats and um, <laughs> it takes me back to a Dave Chappelle skit with John Mayer. And he's they're in a barber shop and um, Dave Chappelle, of course, in Dave Chappelle fashion, is showcasing um, different types of music that attract different types of people. So he's trying to show that if there's the drums, you get the guys in the barber shop, the black guys, the, the drums come on and they start moving and grooving. And the white people didn't start moving and grooving until John Mayer starts playing guitar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Acoustic <totally>. guitar. <laughs> and you're just like, you know, that's, that's like one thing. It's Dave Chappelle doing his thing. But, I mean... I mean, you've seen me. You've you've seen this happen. Like a song comes on, and I'm just like, right, right. It, it's it can be a zero to one hundred situation. <laughs> totally, totally. How excited I get. Yeah, yeah, you know, and a lot of different things will do that mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, I think I've watched you go from like playing juvenile to playing Metallica, and oh. have the exact same response to both of them. You're like <laughs> high knees running down the sidewalk. Oh, yeah. You know, so I totally appreciate that. And and I yeah and I and I and I yeah I just I couldn't have it any other way I guess mm -hmm. it's just I and again it's it's like we all have our tastes and preferences and things like that but it's just it's it's music is why I got into the work that I got into right, right. and I mean on this podcast we've talked a lot about you know why we train why we you know we we talk about the physicality of things and and you know but music brought me to this mm profession mm -hmm. which maybe if people don't necessarily understand indoor cycling you might be like well that's interesting but I I cannot separate the two I consider myself a DJ who DJs from a bicycle mm. right you know I just happen to be exercising while I'm you know DJing my playlist for you right which to me is the best of both worlds <laughs> I mean, I, I oftentimes try to think of, like, what would my training experiences be if I wasn't playing music in the studio at the same time? And <sighs> it's, like, even if it's turned down, like, I, I need that background sound, that bass. And I'm always going to turn it up when something comes on that's going to get oh, us grooving. Yeah. And it can be everything from, you know, Stevie Wonder to, you know, Stevie Nicks to, yeah. you know, Nick... I, don't, I was going to say Nick Cannon, but I don't even know if I've never <laughs> listened to a Nick Cannon song. Even if he makes music, I don't even know if he makes music. Um, but, you know, across the board, like, music is, is it just has a little bit of a vibe that's attached to, to movement, which mm -hmm. makes so much sense. It sounds so obvious when you say it. Mm -hmm. Like, moving our bodies, being tied to music playing is as old as somebody smacking two sticks together, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. I... I this is sort of an anecdote, but I, I had heard something one time which ma made perfect sense to me on NPR or something about um, the connection between music and sport, music and athletic performance. And um, I think it was, you know, coach of a high school football team or something, you know, the power of music. It's like, or when you're at a basketball game, right, mm -hmm. and, and you've got the, the warm-up music. Mm -hmm. Like, athletes, you music does so much to just, like, get the heart rate up and just get, again, like, get turned to play mm -hmm. and to get, you know, put yourself in that headspace or you think professional baseball, like everybody that goes up to bat, like gets to pick a song, right? right? right like what's right. your song when you go up and it's just you and you're like at home plate and like you're ready to, mm -hmm. you know, slay. Um, it's, it's just so powerful. And, um, and so again, going back to the story, it was, 
you know, some coach, you know, had this strict rule, like, you know, no music at practice, no music in the weight room. And the team was just like, un, like underperforming. Right. Like he was wondering why he wasn't getting the most out of the team. And at, at some point, you know, somebody decided like, no, like we actually, we need music, like in the weight room, in the, you know, at practice. And it was like the whole team turned around. Mm -hmm. You got a different level of performance out of these mm -hmm. people, which is not surprising right. to me. Like there's just such a visceral connection between, you know, just sound and human movement and energy. We talk about this all the time, right. you know, right. that sort of energy field. We are energy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when if you're listening to an 808, like it is, there's just something right. just so... I don't know if it's carnal, if it's, you know, whatever it is, like, mm -hmm. it just, I don't know. I can't well, not tap my feet or nod my head. Well, they say the 808 plays in the lowest chakras, you know. I and that's where that. it, that's where it, that's why all of the butt shaking and everything yeah. like that comes that into makes it. So when much you hear sense. that, it makes you want to gyrate because yeah. it's playing down there. Um, there are even some things being done right now where people are doing experiments with, not experiments, but some artists are trying to change the content of their lyrics so that mm. when the 808 comes on, it's attached to certain principles that we're going to try to get people to kind of buy into empowering self-empowerment mm. principles, you know what I mean? And I think that that's really a, a smart thing to start to do because when you think about, you know, the type of music that you listen to, like, you know, I'll ask you this question in a second, but for myself, um, sometimes music isn't what I want. Like if mm. I'm driving, sometimes I want the music playing, but sometimes I need the music off. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I, I need my own thoughts. Mm -hmm. And occasionally that heavy bass music, um, it's hard to think of anything else, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. while it's playing. And I, I, I think about those concepts that are like, if it is vibration, how can we kind of attach concepts to that vibration mm -hmm. to get everybody to vibrate a little higher? You know? That ma that makes so much sense. I you know a window into my personal life here. Um, I more frequently choosing when I when I meditate to put on actual music and I'll and I'll choose music. You can find this on YouTube in certain frequencies, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, depending on if I'm doing sort of a manifestation kind of of abundance or whatever mm -hmm. if I'm you know literally dial into or certain chakra meditation um, to certain frequencies and sounds um, which you know supposedly calling that energy right mm -hmm. so that makes absolute sense and I totally get you on the sometimes I don't know if you're like this I'll be if I'm driving on the highway and I'm really into a song I'm I'm like accelerating yeah, I don't even realize totally, I'm accelerating totally. and I've been in some situations where I look down and I'm going 95 miles an hour mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, I need to turn down the music or something because I'm just like, I'm so lost in yeah, it. Yeah. But, and I, but I absolutely can appreciate too the time when you, the time to not have music on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to be to be in your thoughts too, because music is that powerful. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so powerful that it can change our mind frame, our mind state, or the, where our, our brain waves are actually going. You know, and yeah, that's I just so many different usages for music come into my mind. You mm -hmm. know, like people singing songs to 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 be able to, you know spread messages across distance or playing drums to be able to communicate across a distance mm -hmm. or you know the the tonals that are involved in certain types of music that are that are specifically put there to elevate you to a different place you know um it's just 
it's so special mm-hmm. that it, it's actually very surprising to me to even hear that a coach would or anybody would ever be like you can't listen to music because of like I, I wonder what's on this person's mind you know like what what would inspire somebody to tell people not to listen to music right and and how i don't know it that would just <laughs> it just feels like such a punishment like, right no you're gonna sit here and bench press in silence and mm. it's, <laughs> it's really wild this conversation is making me realize how big of a part of my life music has been mm-hmm. like i always had walkman as a little kid mm-hmm. always had discman as a teenager oh yeah definitely had an ipod when i got into my 20s have tons of music on my phone, like I have mad music on my computer. Like I just love it so much. Mm-hmm. And the genres jump all over the place. Like I said, um, for my wedding, I, I did four different play- playlists that yeah. I, that I um, curated essentially these four playlists. And one was like the early wedding and it was like a lot of Sam Cooke, like mm-hmm. really, really kind of sentimental. Like I love you for sentimental reasons, that sort of stuff. Um, then there was like a mid-wedding playlist that was like made basically to make my folk stats. So like mm-hmm. Shotgun, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of like, like Frankie Beverly and Maze, a lot of, uh, a lot of Stevie Wonder. Um, and then we had like a late playlist that was like, you know, my neck, my back, and like yeah. a lot of two chains and and some of that more thumping trap trap rap and just kind of ratchet music. Um, and then we had the, the very late playlist, which was supposed to come on. It was like more, a lot more ambient, mm-hmm. you know, ambient music and just kind of like mellow. That was kind of like for the three o'clock to six o'clock hour in the AM, you the know, com- the coming down. Yeah, it was amazing. And we had a DJ in the middle of that too. So it was just like such this and I, I have this memory of my neck, my back coming on and like everybody just losing it, mm-hmm. you know, and people, it was such a, it was just so beautiful. It was such a beautiful moment. Yeah. I, that's, that's part of it too. Like part of the, because music has that ability to redirect energy or create it, I, I think I've always been really attracted to that element of it. Um, so, for example, um, this shout out to DJ Craig Mitchell, mm-hmm. who, um, oh man, I miss dearly. So every once a month, Craig would come and do a live DJ set at Rev, mm. and it was always my favorite. I think we would typically do the third Sunday of every month, Sunday at five o'clock, and I would always tell people, I'm like, you are gonna come to like the most like explosive club scene in Burlington the third Sunday of mm. every month at five mm. o'clock because because Craig is DJing. And how we would always lay this out, we would literally change the entire configuration of our spin room. And normally there's a spin bike on a podium. Um, but when Craig would come, I would, I would take the bike off because the podium was for Craig. So Craig would be on the podium, we'd set up a table he'd set up his his computer and everything and his mixer and we would usually team teach so we'd have more than one instructor because that would we wanted to just make it as lit as possible so we'd have multiple instructors sometimes in like a face-off position where you'd have two bikes facing each other mm-hmm. and then just we we did a lot of you know fun stuff with the room we'd play around with just different configurations and then we'd have the, our led lights on and kind of a, a just a dark room with like the party lights and and craig up there and and my favorite thing about it, the, the, the one rule of the DJ ride was that Craig was live mixing. Hmm. So the instructors, we did not know what he was going to play. Wow. 
And it was my favorite night of the month because it also kind of tapped into the skill of the spin instructor because normally, you know, normally you come to a class, you expect your instructor to be prepared and have a playlist and present that playlist and, you know, have a ride set up. Mm -hmm. Well, this was just like, no, Craig, what was fun about it is it was, you were just seeing improvisation in real time, both on a musical level and then in fitness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it, again, this was just, it was always like all of my favorite things coming together (laughs) in live performance. And it was just so fun. And, you know, and I would just always say to, I was like, Craig, you have the power because you're controlling the music and my feet go to your beat. So, you know, so if I would always say, if the ride is super hard, like that's Craig's fault because <laughs> he's, you know, he's the one with all the power. Like mm-hmm. he's on the turntables essentially. Um, and it was just, people would always say that was the most fun ride or that was the hardest ride because it was just, mm. we were just going ham the whole wow. time. And it was so, and that, I mean, I miss that. We'll be back. We're going to do those Ooh. again. But that was just like, Again, this idea that you just can create this energy and create a mood, or if you want to bring people down, hmm. and then you want to bring them back up, right, right. it's just, it's it's unreal. And if you know how to do that, and you know how to do that well, I mean... It makes me think of when DJs wheel a, wheel a song back, you know what I mean? And like, <laughs> yeah. If you've ever been in a you know, dance party or party where somebody's like going, and you're in, that's your jam real quick, and then they wheel it back and all of a sudden we start smacking the wall and everybody's losing it it's like you can see how tied (laughs) everybody's energy is Mm -hmm. to that beat Mm -hmm. to that music to that 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 vibration you know like we we link into it and you know we were talking about this a little while before we got into it but it's that that shared experience Mm -hmm. you know and and it's interesting because it's like we might not have the same lived experience as the person who's writing the song or making mm-hmm. the music, and, and maybe the music is about something that I've never experienced in my personal life, mm-hmm. but there's an emotion tied to the music, there's a vibration tied to the music that I do relate to, and mm-hmm. I'm tied to that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's gonna kinda get me into it, or, or that's gonna allow me to relate to this person who's singing about their own life experience, mm. but I'm gonna feel my own sentimental way about it. You know? mm-hmm. I think it's so special. I do too, and it's also, it's a way, it's a bridge, it's an open door, it's, it's you know, and in some ways it's an easier g- gateway than, you know, someone, you know, for someone to, to put on a record, and, and it's so intimate. And I just, I, and it's so personal. I just feel like it's just a really powerful tool for, for, for bridging gaps and for, you know, connecting with one, one another. I think just, just music has that ability to inspire, empower, educate, mm-hmm. um, do, just do so much more than just like turn. And, and sometimes like all you want to do is just flick it on and, and not think about it. Right, like, right. you know, the lyrics could, could be like one, two, five, four, whatever, and then the beat's <laughs> solid and you're like, whatever. And then there are those moments where, you know, you are ready to dive in or you put on Ken, Kendrick Lamar and you're like, Ooh. okay, I am, my mind is opening. Right. Like, I am ready. Right. Um, oh, Kendrick. <laughs> I know, he's your guy, or one of yeah. your guys. Um, but yeah, to have to have that too is, is really powerful or to listen to a record that tells a story from front to back. 
um, and you walk away. And that's and I think that's why we get we get so connected to artists mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's so for most people it's a very it's a vulnerable thing. I mean, they're literally opening up their journal to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and why we you know why we think we know these artists so mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's so so that too. We that, we haven't really talked about that sort of the relationship to the artist, like that that personal con- and as you said, like you know, I might not have much of anything in common, maybe necessarily or a face value, but no, then you do listen and like, oh, okay, well, this person's talking about when they got their heart broken. Right. I've gotten my heart broken. Right, right. You know, so yeah. you find those those moments of interconnectedness. Like, okay, maybe we didn't grow up in the same city. We don't, you know, we don't have the same skin color. Like, we didn't grow up with the same X, Y, Z. But, okay, you, you're, you're, you're living a human experience, and I can relate to some of those human right. experiences. Right, totally. So that's where I think the whole, you know, where that's beautiful, and I would never want to, you know, bring it on. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I want to absorb as much as I can and listen to as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. It makes me realize how, like, how much value there is from having somebody play their musical history to you. Like, Mm. for instance, like, I'll ask somebody, you know, what were you listening to when you were 17? Mm. And then just to watch them light up as they start to play those songs. You know, Spotify Mm -hmm. is great like that because you can just pull music out from anywhere. And you you ask somebody, like, what were you listening to? What's the song that you remember when you were 10 years old? Like, I was playing some Another Bad Creation. If you remember ABC (laughs) from, like, the early 90s, the song Spider-Man and Aisha, you know. And, like, I was eight years old when that came out. So, like, I remember I had a Leaders of the New School tape and I had ABC. And I would switch between those two groups on mm-hmm. my Walkman. And so I'm playing ABC for my wife, mm-hmm. Kenzie. And um, <laughs> it's just so funny because, like, for me, it takes me immediately back to, like, 1992. And mm-hmm. she's like, wow, I was born in 1990. Like, this is what you were listening to in 92. They're, they're literally rapping about cartoons in the playground, you yeah. know. Um, but it's – and then, like, to, to then go forward and to say, okay, this is what I was listening to when I was 12. And then those moments when you play that music, okay, this is what I was listening to when I was 15. Oh, shit, I forgot about this song. Like, how much of that sort of energy ties into that? Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, you put that one song on and you just sit back and you just listen to it. Like, I've got <laughs> – even as I'm telling you these things, so many of those songs are, like, flooding into my mind and into my heart and, oh. and you know I just love again it's that 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 experience that we can share with an artist but it's also that experience that we can share with each other mm-hmm. like I can walk you through my life by playing you the music that I grew up on and you can understand me better mm-hmm. by the end of that trip you mm-hmm. know? oh my god yeah I mean I, I'm I'm doing my own like okay I'm, I'm thinking of those years and so I, I grew up in southern Vermont and um a nearby town from, I grew up in Brattleboro, but Manchester, Vermont was not too far away. And um, there's a great bookstore in Manchester. I think it's called Northshire Books. Um, someone will correct me if I got that wrong. <laughs> um, but not only did they sell books, but they had an audio section mm-hmm. and you could get tapes and CDs. Um, and I remember getting TLC's Crazy Sexy Cool um, tape and <laughs> just like, just thinking I was the coolest, first of all. Um, and then I remember getting um, Green Day, Dookie. Um, I mean, I like, from so from very early on, I was especially, and again, like I kind of go back to this like, 
this period of the 90s that, you know, I was had a lot of varied interests, you know, even at that age. And I was like, cool, you know, I'm listening to R&B and I'm also listening to punk. Um, and, and it kind of never stopped, mm-hmm. you know, those different. And then I was also a singer myself and a classically trained musician. And so, you know, not only am I listening to different kinds of music, I'm learning how to sing shape note music and folk music and, but also sing, you know, some, you know, very interesting like choral music scores you know um and things like that so um again yeah just sort of appreciating like all these different sounds and we even talked about it maybe even recently when we were talking about Migos and you know kind of realizing like the level of musician musicianship Mm -hmm. um you know when it's when you start to peel back the layers, like I love not only just like the artist, but I love what goes into the creation of a song mm-hmm. and the production of a song. And, um, you know, just like, oh man, the hip hop producers, yeah, the geniuses that are out there. Like, you know, like that, like, so I always get excited too. Like the, like what goes into the creation of putting a song together. Have you ever seen the video of Rihanna recording Bitch Better Have My Money? No. Oh, my God. You got to watch it. I got to watch it. Because, you know, like, that's her voice raw. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't do any any effects to her voice. Yep. She sings that song like that. And yep. so, to, like, she, I love watching Rihanna record music because it's like you can see the passion that she has for it. You can see that moment when they get it right and she's Mm. just like that's it that's Mm -hmm. it right there and like i just again it's it's that if you're a creator of anything Mm -hmm. you can relate Mm. you know and if you've experienced that music that rihanna puts out then it's even that much more that you're like because when bitch better have my money comes on in a party everything is changed now like we're all lower down i'm stomping my feet like all this other like this energy comes through so to watch her record it you can see that she's sending that energy through those waves that energy is being felt through that song goosebumps moment goosebumps moment it is yeah and it's so yeah oh my god well and we were talking about in the in the pre-conversation we brought up jay-z talking about jay-z and and uh, there's a documentary out uh, when he was recording the Black Album and to watch him work is you're just watching pure genius operate and execute and it's, I mean, it just gives you goosebumps or I don't, you know, it's like I, I'm a lover of hu- human genius, human performance like whatever it is, when people are operating at their best, it doesn't matter what it is I mean, I could be watching a cooking show and, and I'm really excited to watch someone chop um so whatever it is but uh, you know especially because music because it's just so visceral and so powerful but just watching him lay down track after track doesn't write anything down like and you're just like blown away right right or like Kendrick Lamar with them you know Mm -hmm. like to hear the story behind it and they're like literally sleeping in the studio Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the story is that he slept in the studio the whole time that they were recording that album. Mm-hmm. And he's like, rec- like inviting these big name producers. Mike, Will made it coming out. He's like, I'm going to fly you out. You got to sleep in the studio with me while we record this song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They got sleeping bags and mm-hmm. shit. And like, and again, that comes out. Mm-hmm. You know, Jay-Z's Black Album is classic because of that. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar's Damn is a classic because of that. You know, like, I just, and and how 
every generation has that, you mm-hmm. know, like I was trying to go through, cause I was asking myself when we were getting ready to record this episode, like, what is my favorite song actually? Mm. Like if I had to pick a song out of oh, all man. the songs and isn't that so hard. And I wish I had asked you this yesterday so that you could have really had some time <laughs> yeah. to like think about it because what I thought my favorite song is, it wasn't my favorite song. Mm. Like when I really started to go through my heart, my soul, those times of, of my life where like, it doesn't matter. You could wake me up in the middle of the night with a song playing at the top of the fucking volume, and mm-hmm. I'm probably going to wake up and start singing it. Mm-hmm. Even if I was in, like, the best sleep of my life, mm-hmm. like, best dream, if you put on this song, I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to start singing it. Mm-hmm. I, Thank you for putting this on. Okay, turn it back off, and I go to sleep again, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, it, it, again, I don't know where that came from, but it's it's just, like, every generation has these these monumental artists who are able to express their own energy through the music that they're playing through whatever they're composing and it lives on forever Mm -hmm. you know there's a reason why like Mozart is who he is there's a reason why Fela Kuti is who Mm -hmm. he is you know these these it's 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 energy it's life energy Mm. it's vibration being put out there into the world for people to consume and to have our own experiences based on you know Mm. oh totally I, you know, I, I, it would be wrong of me to not mention this particular artist because she was a powerful one for me um, and someone that I, I guess, more closely aligned with, at least in terms of, you know, look and gender. But Alanis Morissette is, was a force wow. for me growing up. Again, 1994 mm-hmm. being this, like, pivotal year, whether it was hip-hop, rock, pop, whatever. Um but Jagged Little Pill, that album, and and if if I'm bummed about one thing in 2020, it's I was supposed to see Alanis Morissette um, in concert at SPAC um, this summer, and just I think about like that album for me, just kind of it's just it's one of the only albums that I that I literally do know it word to word, oh, cover wow. to cover from the first track to the secret track that's mm-hmm. on there when you when you kept it playing mm, and you'd wait I a couple minutes. I forgot about those. Yeah, 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 and then you'd be like, oh my God, there's a secret track. It's like, you know, um, but that she, and that album, you know, and I'll be honest with you, I, you know, I didn't follow Alanis Morissette a ton after that album but it was just I think sometimes we can speak to it was just like that album it was that time it was that that collections of song that collection of songs like her angst Mm -hmm. whatever that energy was the the reason I'm thinking of this is when you talk about like the energy of the artist at that like at that moment in time that they made that recording you know that is that is history Right. Just like this is a there will, you know, there's a moment like that moment will never happen again. Mm. But, you know, to to make a record and have that encapsulated, like her emotion, her raw emotion of what she was going through and singing on that, you know, whatever it was, is like stuck with me. And I'm not a particularly angsty person, but like you put on like you ought to know. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I'll fucking tear some (laughs) shit up. You know, and and and, and like and, and and plenty of other things. And one other thing I wanted to mention too, when we talk about geniuses, is I I feel like we can't not mention. We can dip into some other genres. Is Tim Berg, who is Avicii, um, who if you haven't, there's a couple of documentaries out about his life, and 
a, one of the greats, one of the cr a creative genius in terms of electronic music, but would approach his his composition like like a Mozart, wow. you know, from from creation. And and you know, and I, when you were talking about you know Kendrick having people sleep over at the studio, I mean, he was. You think about these geniuses, and it's like you know, what do they have in common right. with each other? You know, this sort of um, relentless work ethic. I mean, almost like like a twenty four. It, it's something like almost superhuman. Right. Their abilities, right. right? And so, and I would put I would put Avicii in a category like that. You know, like having people come to his studios, working all hours, like just the the just the creation, the ability to mm. put this stuff together. It's you know even just to like witness it or what. I mean, I love I love biopics. Clearly, if I'm mm -hmm. reading about or watching documentaries, I just love watching creative genius. Mm -hmm. It's so inspiring. Totally, you know, totally. like aspirational. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! It's almost been an hour. Yeah. Um, I have to oh, fully wow. disclose this fact that Mujib and I started talking long before we hit record. <laughs> And we probably, it's too bad we don't have the B-side to tell to show you guys because mm -hmm. there was a lot more conversation yeah, about this. this is really like a three-hour conversation. This is a three-hour conversation for us, or there's a there's got to be a, a part B coming. Yeah, I'm not done either. I know, we're, we're, we're actually, we're not done. We're just getting started. Um, uh, but, you know, we we should, okay, yeah. so let's, let's talk about that. We're definitely going to do a 2020 in review, so mm -hmm. stay tuned for that. But I think it'd be a fun experiment to maybe pick... You know, whether it's the last 20 years, like build a playlist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, totally. Kind of our, some of our favorites or our go-tos. I'd even say like a lifetime playlist. Lifetime like playlist. Build, and I welcome everybody to do that. Like build your lifetime playlist. Like mine, like I said, I'd put Eddie Money at the front. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> yep. And I might even put like some of the music that I know my grandparents would have been listening to. So I might put some Ella Fitzgerald mm -hmm. on there and, you know, I might put some Curtis Mayfield on mm -hmm. there for my father and mother, you know, and then just like build it into my lifetime all the way up to now, you know, and just watch the evolution of person. Right. Yeah. If you're able to ask a, a parent or parents what they were listening to when you were conceived, put that on the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> and now uh, everybody's like, Oh, come uh, on. <laughs> Well, you know, one, one last thing I would say, though, is actually this, because you, you mentioned two albums, because we are contemporaries, you know, mm -hmm. we're both born in 83, mm -hmm. um, we, we both share these experiences, like Jagged Little Pill, definitely, like, as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right, fuck yeah, Jagged Little Pill, and, like, Dookie was another one mm -hmm. of those albums, where they were so, such major albums, or, like, Doggy Style, you mentioned mm -hmm. it earlier, like, they're, it's almost like a bike wheel. Where yeah. you have this album, and then you have all of our different experiences tied yeah. to that album. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so it just just that's some food for thought out there. Like we we all of us, not all of us obviously, but there's so much commonality to be had against some of these works of art. Mm. Um, and I think that that's just a fun fun little little tidbit to drop in there as well. I love it. I love it. I hope everybody's inspired to, to get on Spotify or dig out your old mixtapes and, <laughs> and CDs and, and uh, records or, you know, what, whatever the medium is and just go through and like enjoy the memories because mm -hmm. that's what it's about. Yeah. It's so much memories. Thank you guys so much for listening to our music edition. This has been so fun to talk to you. I'm sure we'll keep talking after, the, after we hit stop. Um, we will catch you guys next time. My name is Sarah. My name is Mujib. See ya.